my dad was in sales and and uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and he, you know, there was no cell phones and there wasn't really email yet, so it was your home phone. So he used to train us girls how to answer the phone in case it was yeah a lead. <laughs> and then he told us, my boss's name is is Ken. Got it. And so if he calls, you know, and so I was telling Kenny this story, and he goes, yeah. And I said, so one time my sister Corey picked up the phone and this guy, and he's from South Carolina. And he goes, hi there. And Corey goes, hello. And she goes, oh, yeah, how can I help you? And he goes, I need to, uh, oh, he says, I need to speak to a Kim. My dad's name is Ken. So sorry. Uh-huh. I need to speak to a Kim. A Kim. And he goes, she goes, what? And he goes, a Kim, a Kim. Uh, is he is he there? And she goes, what? Like three times. And my dad starts to hear this like from the, huh. and then she goes, I'm sorry. She goes, but there is no Kim in this household. And she hangs up hangs on my up. dad. <laughs> because he was saying Ken, yeah. but there, it was Kim, Kim, Kim. And all she kept hearing was Kim. And yes. she was like, but it was so funny. And my dad was like, yeah. no, oh, I'm Kim. Oh, man. And Kenny thought that was funny. He was like, yeah, a lot of times it's like Kenny. Yeah, that's so good. Can I share a story too? Oh, yes. You're part of the story. So I was saying to Ashley the other day, yeah, um, there was, Sunny had like family over and uh, they they went and like rented an Airbnb. Where were you guys? I forget. Oh, upstate New York. Upstate New York. Yep. That's right. Uh, so you guys had an Airbnb and I knew there was like a lot of people. You had some family and some other people would be dropping in. Yeah. And she said that there was this fun guy in the hot tub. Yeah. And and I think you guys were talking about it. And then I walked in halfway through the story and I heard that you were talking about this fun guy. And I was like, oh, who was he? And you were, you were like, what? I was like, who was the fun guy? And you guys just started laughing at me. You're like, no, 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 Steve. Like, like there was a fungi that some people contracted and made their skin itchy. I loved it. What? So hard. And Ash is just like, Steve, that just shaking was so her head. so great. And I was like, okay, first of all, it's funny because that's definitely a Sunday thing to do. Yes, but I did it. You did it. I have a different version, but that was more of a Sunday version was. to like I twist the like, word. But it also it made sense because you would be the family to have some fun dude and but join really, the hot tub. What it was was the fun guy was there and all the children went in the hot tub and all the children got a fun guy. And we I mean like nobody went in anymore. They had a rash all over their Oy. bodies. Ew, right? Gross. I was thinking about it too. Fun guy. Whenever I go to I'd a water I'd rather have the fun guy. Oh. Uh. The actual fun dude. <laughs> we're trying to kill, trying to kill this gnat that's right in the microphone. Uh, we were at a water park, and I always feel that way a bit at a water park. And this was Bush Gardens. It's like clean. Okay, it's yep. very clean water park, but you always just feel like you're going to get some like kind of... Like a fun of, guy might show up? Yes. <laughs> There's fun guys all over the water park. And, oh, my goodness. Oh, but it was funny because we took Lucy, and she got to invite a friend. Okay. And that's uh, fun. on the way home, we're in the car... The girls are worn out. They're in the back seat, and you know how kids are at that age, like seven years old. They're they're kind of cute when you look back in the mirror and their legs are dangling. They don't touch the ground. They're in their booster seats. I was like, "Girls, what was your favorite part of the day? What did you like about the water park?" And Lucy was like, "Oh, the the big slide." And then her friend Ellie kind of pauses and she goes, "My favorite part was the lunch." <laughs> and, I'm like, we, and me and Ashley like 
oh. biting our lips to not laugh at because, her because like, the lunch was like was some it? soggy french fries and like kind of an okay chicken fingers. What stands out as the fun thing to the kid <laughs> like, is we amazing. You, we took you to this amazing water park. We did You're all like, Ellie, we eat lunch <laughs> every day. And now I'm like, all right. So, but if we had lunch at our house, that would not that be would the not highlight. Have been fun. Yeah, absolutely. It was because you you had lunch at the fun park. It was somewhere else. <laughs> the fun guys. Fun. All right. So let's do a, a coaching shout out. Mm-hmm. And today it's not coming from us. It's coming from one of the coaches, Dana Lynn. So my shout out today is for a client that I've been working with for over a year now. She initially came to me because she was burned out, overworked. She was at a startup, uh, mid-level position. And over the years of working there, they kept on promising her raises and promotions. And, but, but what they kept on doing was they kept on giving her more work, more projects, more people to lead, but always fell through on the raises and promotion. So she was burned out and pretty heartbroken, just couldn't see the light out of the end of the tunnel. So together, we worked through some of that burnout. And we also came up with a game plan to exit that horrible, toxic situation and into something that is more in alignment with who she is. At the same time, finally getting that title and compensation that she deserves. So after a few months of working together, she was able to walk away from that situation and land an amazing position that uh, is that suits her that's a much higher title than before a title that she deserves also compensation that that she deserves she en- she ended up getting something like i think three times her her previous pay and but the but the one of the biggest breakthroughs was just recently when she's at this new place and everything's great people there respect her they want her input they welcome her critique and just a really healthy work life balance type of culture there and she found herself needing to go home one day early because she had some out of town visitors and she noticed that her habit was to just be quiet not say anything and just overwork work late the night before, come in extra early the day before to make up for leaving a little bit early that afternoon. And when she noticed that stressful pattern coming up, she stopped herself and was able to tell herself, hey, no, this was my past. This was in a past toxic situation. It's no longer my situation today. I'm just going to let them know, hey, I need to get off a couple hours early and, and and she has you know a lot of explanation right because she's done all this work she's already ahead of the time and she has and but the thing is when she went to her boss and said hey uh, I have some out of town visitors I want to take uh, want to leave a couple hours early the boss just said sure go ahead no questions asked they said they just completely trusted her and so that was a huge breakthrough for her to realize that she still has some bad habits from her past that she needs to clean up, but that she's able to catch it sooner. And another thing is she had to give herself a pat in the back because of all the work she's done. She's really landed herself at a place, at a culture that really cares about her work-life balance just as much as her. So that was a huge revelation to her that she didn't have to explain herself. She didn't have to prove herself and overwork herself to to deserve the type of the work balance, work lifestyle that she deserves. So that was that was big big for her. I was thinking about how my habit has never been to overwork. Oh yeah, I know. I, I, 
<laughs> it's interesting though. It's like, but you yell at me sometimes for showing up when I should take a break, but that's, it's different than overworking. I always want to show up well, but I've never been addicted to overworking yeah. ever. Yeah. That's a, that's interesting. Yeah, true point. I was thinking about that when I was like, I'm like, I'm not sure if that's a bad thing about me, but. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about a personality gripe. We undervalue, we tend to undervalue our strengths because we're so used to them. It's something that's just how we are. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm used to it. It's kind of just the water I swim in. Mm -hmm. And so I undervalue it. And how often in coaching are we pointing out to somebody? No, that's, that is a unique strength mm -hmm. or that is powerful, but you're kind of glossing over it because you're so used to it. Yes. Uh, our strengths. Our yeah. strengths. Mm -hmm. And, um, we don't talk often enough about strength finders in terms of personality assessments, mm -hmm. but that's one reason I like that one. It just highlights, no, these are some things you are uniquely good at that mm -hmm. don't underplay it, mm -hmm. actually lean into it and recognize that, that that's some of the best stuff you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. I want to talk today about ownership and how specifically from the leader's vantage point, how do I inspire ownership in the people I lead? I was working with a leader uh, who month after month kept saying, I'm trying to ask my team to own things more and they're not, nothing's changing. Mm -hmm. What am I doing wrong? Yeah, I think this is a really good topic because I like that you're going to give some tactical, right? Mm -hmm. Because I do think many of our leaders talk to us about, I need ownership, ownership, but they it is so big and vague. Mm -hmm. Similar to kind of like, I need to influence. It's like, the how is really hard. Yeah. So um, and it's, I've a, it's an important topic. It is. And I've I've felt that many times myself too. How do I inspire ownership? How do I inspire ownership? Yeah. And and one of the things I've realized that was true for this leader as well, is sometimes the people you lead don't realize that there's something you need that's different than how they're currently doing it. Yeah. It's on you as the leader to to point that difference out. And often what the difference is, is the difference between accountability and ownership. So, Sunday, if I give you a project and like, all right, I would like you to lead this. And and then, you know, I'll help kind of with the accountability piece. That is something that's still on my plate. I had to come up with the idea and give it to you versus ownership. What the leader is typically looking for is, no, I want you to come up with the idea in the come first place the and yeah. think like, oh, how do we need to make mm -hmm. things better? Oh, how about this project? Mm -hmm. Let me pitch that idea. Let me start this mm -hmm. thing. It's the initiation that's actually the difference that a leader needs when they say the word mm -hmm. ownership. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes the team doesn't, in this case, the team didn't know that was in, oh, even a thing. Yeah. Why, why, do you, why do you think people don't take ownership? Is there a big gap? A lot of times I was, I was even thinking, like, do they feel like they need the permission? Well, I think... My point is before the permission, they actually don't even know that the need is there. Okay, gotcha. They think mm -hmm. I'm doing my job great because I get my instructions and then I sure. do them. Mm -hmm. And actually the leader is feeling the gap of, I need other people to initiate stuff in right. the first place. Right. So, um, so in this story, what was really cool is I had a coaching session with um, a few of those team members. Mm -hmm. And one of them had a breakthrough in our session where she had a light bulb moment and realized what that gap was. Okay. So without giving away too much, basically um, I was sharing a story about um, taking ownership that sparked a thought for her. And she realized that in her own personal life, mm -hmm. it, um, 
there were a bunch of different family dynamics going on and she was the one kind of taking ownership of all the kids stuff. So you know how they've got like things they have to get signed for school or bring into school that day or sports or scheduling this or getting dropped off at that. And there's a million things that need to happen. And she was the one on the hook in their family situation to like know what's happening and make sure it all happens. She owned it. No Mm -hmm. one told her what to do. She never waited for instructions. And in this dynamic, I'm not making generalizations, but for them, um, her ex-husband was the one who uh, she was wishing he'd take some ownership, meaning like she could ask him to do stuff and he was great. And she said, he's great. Like he'll do anything I ask to do. It's so different. But that's not helping because I still have to think of it and think of how to share it and then share it and then follow up Mm -hmm. on it. That's a really good example of it. Four big steps that are actually all the work. (laughs) And she said it was so funny. We laughed. She goes, so why even ask him to do it? It'd be faster for me. (laughs) Right. Uh, Right. That's the gripe you hear in delegation because Mm -hmm. there's no ownership. It's like, it'd be faster for me to do it. Why? No one talks about this because the thinking part is the hardest part. The coming mm-hmm. up with the idea in the first place. Yeah. So it was so cool because she goes, oh, my gosh. And she got her eyes got big. I was like, what? What happened? You know, in coaching when they have yeah. a light bulb. And I'm not even sure what happened in her brain. Mm-hmm. She goes, I get it. She goes, my leader has been wanting me to do what I've wanted my husband to do or my ex-husband to do, mm. which is like think, think ahead uh-huh. and come up with the idea in the first place. Mm-hmm. Don't just wait for instructions. And she like connected the dots. It was so Mm -hmm. cool. She goes, I got to tell it now talking about her boss. She's like, I got to go tell him today. Mm -hmm. She's like, I get it. That's what would help free him up is if I took some things off his plate, not just by like doing the task once he asked me, but come up with the plans in the first place. Mm -hmm. So he never has to think about it. Yeah, I was thinking about this as you were saying it, all the people we've, you know, all the stories that come into my head of different people we've coached. And sometimes I think that, so we have the manager who needs it, but I think that sometimes the manager forgets to communicate that. So we then on the other side, we have the people who are dying to own things, but they're afraid to because they, because the manager, they feel like that the manager has never said, Hey, by the way, yeah, you can't, and there's this gap yeah, <laughs> and, but, and, and it's so crazy because this, yeah. it, they both want the same thing, but nobody has said anything. Yeah. It's like, did we already do this story on the podcast once I had in, it was like, it was like third grade. I don't know. It was something really, really young before anyone really knew what dating is. I had a crush on this girl and she had a crush on me, but neither of us knew it till the end of the year. Like, you did, when it but came it's a out really and it was great the exam- last day of school. And it was like, we both felt like, Oh, we missed our chance. That's what happens. Yes. <laughs> and so that's, but that's actually it's why true. this episode is, is for the manager, for the leader, not because it could yeah. sound like I'm griping about the, yeah. the managee. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm actually saying it's on you as the leader to communicate the gap and illuminate what you need. Yeah. They probably don't know that you need them to take initiative on stuff. Mm-mm. Or that that's sometimes, or that that's even a thing. Yep. They don't even know that that's a thing because it's never been in their work life to be a leader who's waiting on someone mm-hmm. to take initiative. Right. But that's what's so cool about the story is this person connected to in her personal life where she is that kind of leader who has to like take initiative on everything. Right. Now, even as I say this, Sunday, I get, well, I literally I feel what? tense in my inside because when I say the word initiative, I think a lot of people 
uh, our definition, our working definition of that means you asked me to do something and I take initiative to go do it. Right. That's it's not still, what I'm talking no, about. What not. I'm talking about is before the task is ever delegated, you're the one waking up going, okay, how could we make this better? What's right. wrong? What needs to be solved for? Like, what, what could we do next mm-hmm. that would be good? Because that's what the leader's doing every day. Mm-hmm. They are thinking of what's next. And so when I say take initiative, I mean coming up with the idea in the first place. Mm-hmm. Okay, but to your point, again, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. Like, it's on the manager first, though, mm-hmm. to explain that that's a need mm-hmm. and a desire and to, like, talk through what that looks like. But on the other side, yesterday we did a talk and we were talking about both sides and around delegation. And mm-hmm. I think what I'm hearing here is also I think it's important to empower the associate that if you don't have a manager who is empowering you to ask and is and suggest it. Yeah. Say. Yeah. Somebody asked mm-hmm. that. We were giving yes. a talk to a big company, like a virtual talk. And somebody said in the comments, hey, what if um, what if my manager isn't delegating to me? Yeah. Is there anything I can do? Right. Yeah. Okay, so I think the natural question then is, as the leader, as the manager, how do I um, explain this need? How do I explain that, hey, there's something that I need as a leader from you that's that's not in play right now? And so uh, I'm going to talk about a really exciting framework oh my called, gosh. ready for it? I am what? The five phases of work. Oh, Lord. Oh. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. <laughs> yes. The five phases of work. Oh, okay. God. Here's why I love it. Okay. You do these too, but you can I, laugh at me. I can. It's something that comes up in coaching and people like want to give me all their money because it's so helpful. Yes. Okay. But talking about it right now feels cheesy. <laughs> so, just saying it is, is just the vibe. saying right. it, it sounds so dumb. But I get it. You're probably, it's probably going to be very it's helpful. It's so, changing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So <laughs> let me just quick explain it and then we'll tie it together. The five, five phases of work phases is simply this. There's step one is concept or idea. Step two is initiate. Step three is plan, then execute, then measure. Those are the five phases. Super, super engaging. Now, why does that matter? Because in any given work that we do in our life, even things we do for fun or just in our personal life, these five phases happen. But in school, we're never taught like, okay, Sunday, so when you go out in the workforce, here are the five different parts of work that happen. And here's how you fit into them. We don't talk about that. And no. so we get into work and we stumble through our first we 10 years. We just say, do the work. <laughs> like, we just say, work. do the work. And yeah. somewhere along the line, usually about 10 years in, people go, wait, oh, there's like these different steps to it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they start to learn that. I remember I did. I was like, oh, there's these like kind of different steps. And I think I'm supposed to do these ones or maybe not do those ones. I don't know. And so if you're, let's say, a manager and you want to bring up this discussion, okay, I'm realizing there's a gap where I have too much on my plate. And Sunday, I really need you to like take initiative and own a few things. And here's the things that I would love for you to own. Um, What does that look like, though? Mm -hmm. And being able to discuss what do I mean by that? You can use this five phases of work thing to say, all right, let's actually write it down. This is where I would get out the whiteboard. (laughs) All right. So there's this funny, weird idea. I don't know. Blame it on like Harvard Business Review or something. I'm sure like there's these different phases and there's the concept and initiating and planning. Yeah. And then there's executing and measuring. 
By the way, sometimes there's a step zero before all that, which is observe. Like you might observe a need or a problem. Sure. That con- that leads you to the idea. Right. It's so funny, by the way. My my brain is actually going towards dating here. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm so sorry you, that I was just, just like follow obs- that so thought? yeah. Like you're so you're observing. Do I right? <laughs> I have an idea that I would like to maybe. Like, like, approach that, and then I initiate the. <laughs> this is actually like, this is the this is the foundation for like a new to, dating. App. I would like to make an initiate. So, what's my plan? You know, <laughs> then I execute the, yeah. the 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 the, and then I measure how did it go. <laughs> this is how nerds approach dating too. They're like, okay, step three. About it, I was thinking about like that's without really saying it. That's actually intuitively what we're doing. See, this is why you're better than me. You actually made this topic fun. I don't know how you did it. Uh, I love that. So yeah, it's um, this could be a great way to facilitate the discussion. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking out loud because I've only ever done that one time where I facilitated the discussion with this framework. Okay. But it was so great and it was so yeah. positive that I thought more people should do this. So so the idea is I write those steps down on the whiteboard and yeah. I'm like, all right, so let's talk about who does which parts. Like, where do you fit in? Mm-hmm. Because let's say traditionally, and I think in a lot of scenarios of leadership, the leader is observing a need Mm-hmm. Then coming up with the idea, yeah, doing oh yeah, initiating it. In yeah. fact, there's many sub steps there where they think about yeah. how to initiate it because they're like, is it an email or a meeting? Yeah. Do I launch right. it? Do I like socialize it first? How do I say it to get buy-in? A lot of thinking in that step, and then planning is even still the leader. Maybe then, maybe the execute is when they finally start to let go. Exactly, yeah. and so they're like, hey, could you execute? And then this maybe thing? he even measures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so, okay, let's dissect that a bit because that's so fascinating. Then what happens? Well, the the person who was delegated to feels zero ownership because they had no creative buy-in from the Absolutely. beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. Why do we own stuff in our personal life so well? Whether it's like taking care of my car or my pet or like, you know, planning a trip that I'm excited about. We own it because it was our we had a we it was our idea. Like we got to create it. We had a we had a net that you might have just got. We had a hand in creating the idea. And I think that's just human nature that if we're part of the creation process, then we also feel more ownership. Mm-hmm. So if I left you, Sunday, out of all the first five steps and then said, hey, can you go do that task? I mean, sure, that's okay. That's fine. But you're not going to feel much ownership mm-hmm. in it. No, nope. you're definitely not going to wake up tomorrow and try to think like, ooh, how could we make this better? Mm-hmm. So. All I'm, all I'm doing in the conversation is saying, hey, how can we bring you up further in those steps to be involved in those earlier ones? And and I like how already it's shifting it from a blaming conversation of you being like, well, you never told me to own it. And I'm like, well, you never took initiative. Right. It's just like a very helpful conversation mm-hmm. of, oh, yeah. The time I used mm-hmm. this, the other person was going, I never even realized those first three steps mm-hmm. were happening. I just... Mm-hmm. That's never been a part of my role. And I can I can see where a manager, especially if they're jun- more junior, right, is gonna is has a concept and an idea. Mm-hmm. And he might share the concept and idea, but then going from and stopping there, let them initiate, plan, execute, and measure. Yeah, yeah. And so, okay, so a, a manager and managee are talking through this, and now 
they can start to get a little more aligned on what it means to own something. Mm -hmm. So maybe the manager, she's like, all right, usually I'm coming up with the idea and then initiating it and creating the plan. Yeah. I'd love for you to maybe take the idea that I had and like you initiate and plan something. And that, that would take it off my plate from having to like think through so much stuff. I think that person would love that. Yeah. They, they usually feel empowered and valued. Um, that it's like belief in me that I, that I could do those steps yeah, and that I can have a part in create creation. Yeah. So that's my, that's my idea of like how you can tee up the conversation and f- close the gap of the leaders frustrated that people aren't taking ownership. Yeah. But the people being led don't even know that that leader has a need that isn't being fulfilled. And this makes us understand each other better. So if you're a manager and you're listening, it's just simply sitting down with your associate and just saying, hey, this is what I would like to do. I'd like to actually start to instill a little bit more ownership for you. And so I'd like for you to start to see some of the things you start to see some of the things that, um, I don't know, processes that need to be improved, things that you would love to do and bring them to me. And then I might share these five things and say, I'd love for you to take each step and walk them through all the way to the end. I would just say that to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's helpful. It's just a lighthearted way of bringing it up. Yeah. And you can even reference if there's been, uh, let's say the person you lead has been a little disengaged lately because they feel like they don't have enough meaty work. Yeah, they're going to be excited up with by that, that conversation. Right? Like, hey, I know yeah. you've been wanting more yeah. uh, in your role, more responsibility. Yeah. So here's what I was thinking. And you can have them check in. Remember with the delegation, it's the like with each one too. It doesn't mean that they go all the way to the end of measurement <laughs> with, you know, without yeah. any check-ins at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think drawing up that framework, those, those five or six list, it just helps illuminate where the gaps are. Yeah. Okay. So here's another tool that can illuminate where the gap yeah. is. I call it the levels of zoom, but you can call it whatever you want. Basically what tends to happen is the higher level a leader is, the more they have to think conceptually and strategically. Yep. So they, I'm <laughs> doing this, if you're listening to the podcast, not watching YouTube, I'm like, my, I'm waving my hand around really high in the sky right now. Yes, you are. <laughs> high level thinking. Yeah. Um, then I'm going to exaggerate for the sake of argument. The person they lead is way down here in the weeds yep. executing on stuff. Yep. And so what happens is, the leader tries to come down and talk more in the details to yeah. meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. The person being led tries to come up to the leader's level of like more conceptual thinking. Mm-hmm. And my hands right now are like closer to each other, but there's a big gap still. And so there's still a gap where they're missing each other because you're talking really high level as the leader. I'm like trying to come up to your level and I'm still like, no, you got to give me more detail. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking past each other. Uh, The trick here is just to recognize that and call it out. And so oftentimes, if you're the one being led and you're still not understanding what they say, you just say, all right, I still don't quite have enough detail. Could you kind of like explain more? Mm -hmm. Or if you're the leader, you check for understanding and say, all right, tell me, Sunday, what did you hear there? What did like explain in your own words what I said so I can see if we're on the same page or not. Mm -hmm. And then the the simple act of both of you sharing the thing out loud immediately illuminates if there's a a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. So levels of zoom, I might be zooming up too high. Your level of zoom is lower and we need to make sure we get to the same, to the same level of zoom. Yeah. (laughs) 
that that tends to be really helpful for people who are like my story at the beginning, having the conversation over and over and something's not clicking. Mm -hmm. So we've all experienced this kind of crisis of ownership in the workplace happening. Mm -hmm. and, but what does ownership look like is the first question. And a lot of times what we don't realize is ownership is actually initiating. That's what it looks like to take ownership of your work or to own a project or a task. And so really, if you want to close this gap between a leader and someone that, that you lead, you need to just have a conversation about what are the different steps of work that happen and where do you play in those steps? Mm -hmm. So I talked about the five phases of work. Every, every time you're doing any kind of work or even something in your personal life, you have the, the stage of concept, initiation, planning, executing, and measuring. Those five steps happen every time, but a lot of times people don't realize that for a project to happen, someone has to do all five. Mm -hmm. And so usually the leader is doing the first four and then trying to hand off step five. So it's just write down those steps and talk through it, have a conversation about, hey, here are the different pieces and where could you play in it? Maybe you could do some of the other steps that are higher on the list. Mm -hmm. 